Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the 415ers podcast. We appreciate everyone downloading, rating, and subscribing. Five stars uh, especially are appreciated. Those of you out there, shout out to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Uh, Mark is in the mood, as you can tell, watching on YouTube. He's got yes, the same hat on. Um, Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you, as always. And and that's that's kind of the bridge that I want to use to get to our next uh, question, topic of conversation, which is, I think that also around the time McCaffrey got to the Bay Area, South Bay specifically, <laughs> that they also, the 49ers, got healthy. I think it was around the time Trent Williams came back. Shortly thereafter, you get, um, well, they they got Elijah Mitchell back, who unfortunately got hurt. But you also get, you know, a guy like Jimmy Ward coming back. Um, You're getting some other pieces on the outside. The linebacking position gets a little more uh, deeper with the emergence of Aziz Al-Shair is kind of your third guy now. More recently, Eric Armstead, yeah. 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 Eric Armstead, Armstead. Yeah, Armstead coming back. And then and Kinlaw even coming back, you know, this last week, even though I think PFF had Jordan Willis, the second highest rated D lineman uh, against Washington for the Niners. But but that that's kind of my next question, Mark, is like, are the 49ers peaking right now? And if you told me they were, I would I would totally get that. I, I, the only, I guess the only concern I have is like, well, are they peaking too early? Like, I, I, I don't know how you really judge that, but I don't think there's another team in football that's playing better. Granted, they haven't necessarily now looking back on some of their opponents faced as tough of a schedule, but like the 49ers are playing the best football of any team right now in the NFL outside of maybe Kansas City. Yeah. Kansas City's quietly or, having... Or maybe Cincy, I guess. Cincinnati. I mean, remember Cincy's really slow start? Everyone kind of wrote them off early in the year, thinking, oh, last year was a fluke. You know, they're falling back down to earth. But, I mean, they're they're quietly moving up the ranks in the AFC, which is why, as I said earlier, I think Joe Burrow is going to get some MVP votes because they are playing, you know, really, really good football as well. I mean, them... Uh, the Niners, the Eagles, and, and the Chiefs probably have been the best teams in, in football over the last month and a half, two months. Um, I'm with you on the Bengals. I, I am high on them. But I think when you consider what time of the year it is, you're right. You want to be playing your best football going into the postseason. And it's kind of awkward because I think the Niners are at their best right now. A big part of it is because of the injuries and how healthy they're getting now. But it is also a little difficult Maybe a little awkward to say, well, they're peaking right now because they've already won eight games in a row. Yeah. Like, if you've won eight games in a row, generally you've already peaked. Like you can't go higher than you currently are winning eight games in a row. But to your point, considering the fact that they're getting healthier every single week, uh, I mean, you mentioned Javon Kinlaw, who came back this week. Uh, Eric Armstead a, a few weeks ago, as you mentioned as well. Considering that, I think there's still a bit of room for this team to improve and get better. And you add in the fact that Brock Purdy is still 
getting his sea legs as a starting quarterback in the NFL, that Christian McCaffrey has only been here for half a season. The more all of these guys play together, I think the better that that they can get. So while it may seem a little bit counterintuitive to say a team that has won eight games in a row still has room to improve, I think the Niners are a unique set of circumstances. And I agree with you. I think they are peaking at the right time. There's still two weeks to go in the regular season before they get to the postseason. But I think this is a situation where despite the fact that they've already won eight consecutively, they do have room to grow, and that should bode well for them in the postseason and should scare some of their potential opponents. Yeah, no, it's it, it's interesting too, especially with kind of the, the question mark at quarterback in Philadelphia because that's really the only team that I, I can think of that is in the same breath of the Niners in the NFC. I mean, you, you got two 12-win teams in the AFC. Cincinnati's probably you know, third there. Um, it's, it's just, it's just interesting because, and, and Hey, look, I mean, they also have an Adebo Samuel on offense the past couple of weeks. True. So maybe that's a, another level that they can use to get to my, really my only concern for this team right now. And, and it, it's probably nitpicking, but it, it just would be the red zone. It, it would be, you know, an issue of maybe not capitalizing, but, but this is also the part about the 49ers that I don't know applies to any other team in football, which is, there is such a thin margin for error against San Francisco. I mean, we saw Washington, they were, they were in the game, even though we felt comfortable that San Francisco, despite being dominant in a time of possession, still also, you know, had chances uh, and still felt like they were, they were in control. The second half, Washington made one mistake, basically. I mean, one error that the 49ers then flipped and turned into a 14-0 run. Like, if you give them a, a a mistake, the 49ers, like many teams who are Super Bowl caliber do, one quality that I, I feel like is rampant throughout all Super Bowl teams is they make you pay for when you make a mistake. And the 49ers largely do that because they don't give you many opportunities to turn them over. And they create so many turnover-worthy you know, runs or, or passes that if you give them just a couple, they are going to beat you. And they might beat you soundly. So for me, as, as much as I might get hung up a little bit on some of their red zone inefficiency this year, it seems to be outweighed by the fact that they play enough mistake-free football and they make opponents pay for the few mistakes that they do make against San Francisco that it it just comes out to be kind of like a net neutral when I'm looking at things that I might want to see more of. Yeah, it's a good point. I hadn't thought about it that way either, but but I think I agree. I also wanted to jump back to something you said earlier. Uh, we're kind of talking about the team peaking at the right moment. You said, well, you know, it's also maybe you look back on it now, who have they really played? Some of the teams that they've beaten recently have gone on to you know, lose their last handful of games. Like the Seahawks simply can't win football games anymore. The Saints, Miami, M- Miami that's a really good one as well. The Saints are kind of, eh, they're, they're kind of in a middle area right now. Um, but it's like what we talked about on our last episode, previewing this game, entering this week, uh, week 16, opponents, the week after playing the 49ers were 0-12. Well, you can add another one in the loss column. Opponents now 0-13 the week following playing the 49ers as the Seattle Seahawks, despite having that mini-buy 
after their Thursday night game in Seattle against the 49ers, they got pummeled by the Kansas City Chiefs. Not Certainly not an embarrassing loss. The Chiefs are the better team by a mile at this point of the year. But still, 0-13 opponents the week directly after playing the 49ers. So I think to your point, maybe the Niners haven't had the toughest schedule recently. You know, they have beaten some, you know, quality teams, some decent teams during this stretch. But also when you look back at it, I think you kind of forget the fact that when teams play the 49ers, it takes them a while to recover. The Niners beat you down physically that you are not as prepared, not as ready to compete six days, seven days, eight days later, whatever it is. And that's a big reason why teams, after they play the 49ers, lose. And as a result, the Niners' schedule, after the fact, might not look as good as you considered it to be in the moment. So I do think there's a bit of a middle ground you need to consider when you think about the team the Niners have beat. Because a big reason, in my opinion, why teams are struggling uh, you know, in the present is because they recently played the 49ers. It's kind of a bit of a give and take there, but I think there's some truth to that as well. No, I, I think you're onto something. I see what you're saying is that they, in a way, kind of hurt themselves by hurting other teams. <laughs> True. When it comes yes. to their strength of schedule. I mean, right now in the NFC, based on the way teams are now and their records, of course, strength of schedule fluctuates every week. But the 49ers have had, according to strength of schedule, the easiest schedule in the NFC. That is a fact. And so I do think there is a middle ground, and a lot of that is self-created. But it's also something that I think is, is going to be a topic of conversation, more so come playoff time of like, you know, how tested are the Niners really? And, and we can dig into it more in the next episode, but it's something I, I definitely want to note and keep an eye on. Um, Mark, I know we're doing this on Monday, dropping it a little bit later, but do you have a game ball from Saturday? Uh, a game ball for me, uh, guy we talked about earlier, I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Uh, phenomenal. Again, had a couple of sacks, uh, a forced fumble that came at a big moment. The Niners turned into points as well. Nick Bosa, as we talked about, the best player on this Niner team, the best player on the best defense in the league, perhaps the best player on the best unit in the league. Uh, Nick Bosa deserves a, a game ball this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, that was, that was <laughs> that's going to be mine. Although I did my <laughs> you know, soliloquy earlier, so I don't really feel like uh, I kind of need to. It, it seems like on defense, we kind of alternate between the two linebackers of Fred Warner and Drake <laughs> Greenlaw. Uh, Fred Warner had 13 tackles this week. That was pretty pretty impressive pretty impressive but i guess if i had to go a different direction it'd be george kittle yep. you know george kittle actually did set a personal record this week he now has seven touchdowns on the season that is a career high for him in a single season and four of them in the last two games and four of them in the last two games so he's established himself reestablished himself i should say as a top tier tight end um May or may not be leading my fantasy team to the final. Who's to say? <laughs> but George Kittle would get my game ball just because of how much of a safety blanket and dynamic yards after catch threat he has demonstrated himself to be each of the last two weeks, more so this week than last. That will do it for the 415ers podcast this Monday on Boxing Day. What's up, Mark? I do have one more thing before we do wrap. It'll take a couple of minutes. So in the holiday spirit, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, I, I have I have my Santa hat on. 
the Niners communication staff, they send out game notes after games. And this week they decided to split it up into categories related to, to famous holiday sayings. So I want, an, you know, pun related, they're fitting their players' names into it. So I want to read them to you and I want you to choose your favorite Niners holiday related pun. Okay, Evan? So there's a bunch of them. So stick okay. with me. Yep. <laughs> you don't sound very happy about this. No, the no, first... no. Sorry. <laughs> the I'm, first... I'm enthralled. <laughs> the first one, Jingle Bell Brock. Jingle Bell Brock is the first one. After that, we have Have Yourself a McCaffrey Little Christian. That one you can tell they spent a long time thinking of and they just simply couldn't find anything better and they just went with it. Uh, not not going to be the winner. I can guarantee you that. Uh, Ray Ray the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's a good one. Oh, that's uh, an early leader. After that, Sweet as Kittle Canes. Okay, Sweet mm. as Kittle Canes. Mm. And then just a classic. I'm not sure this one gets kudos because they didn't actually change anything. Little St. Nick. Uh, little St. Nick for Nick Bosa. It's easy to get, but it's not as much of a pun. Uh, after that, we Willis you a Merry Christmas for Jordan Willis. He had the uh, recovery of, of, of Taylor Heineke's fumble. <laughs> uh, after that, Fred Claus. Uh, Fred Claus instead of uh, Santa Claus for oh, Fred Warner. Um, I'm dreaming of a Ward Christmas for Jimmy Ward. And then the last one, which might be my personal favorite, under the mistletoe for Robbie Gold. That is good. Even though it doesn't involve his name, that's pretty good. Uh, I will give you mine. It is Ray Ray the Red-Nosed Reindeer because Ray Ray ran all over the Commanders (laughs) on Saturday. I was trying to make a Commander Grandma got ran over by Ray Ray. Thing. I got it. It, it didn't work, it. but that's my personal favorite. <laughs> I like that one too. I think I'm going to go with the the mistletoe for Robbie Gold. That's my favorite. Well, we appreciate all of you tuning in the day after Christmas weekend was fantastic for the 49ers. Eight straight wins. They remain in third place in the NFC, a game back of the second seed. They got the Raiders upcoming this week on New Year's Day. So that'll be interesting certainly from a Bay Area perspective, formerly, I should say. Uh, But we'll be coming at you on Wednesday. In the meantime, hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. Continue to enjoy your holiday if you're on break, if you got to go back to work, if you get the Boxing Day off. Whatever your Christmas traditions are this year, we wish you the best. And Mark, I thank you, as always, for bringing, um, let's say, some more holiday cheer to the program than usual. I tried my best, Evan. Looking forward to the next episode coming up on Wednesday. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time. Make sure to download, rate, subscribe. This has been the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Network.